0: Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 67, 66? 66, 66. 66. with Kelvin Andrews. Kelvin is the chef at SK and Helenica, just opening two more restaurants, which you're going to hear about in the podcast. I won't give that away. Don't say anything, Scarlett. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kelvin's a really cool guy, and he's uh, has this exceptionally high taste, and he loves the finer things of life, and that comes across in all of the food that he cooks and the people that he attracts, um, the wonderful business partners that he has. But you're going to find out all about that. But after this little message about... Uh, chef notepad uh, you can calculate your cost and imagine your recipe wow is that what it says in there <laughs> no. what does it say close, calculate. calculate your food cost and imagine your recipe well that's what you can do you can work out all the things that you need to do when you're cooking stuff so that you know how much it costs and that's going to please everybody Kelvin probably needs this because they're cooking with lobster and caviar and all sorts of amazing things but that's more about that in a minute now and the other thing I want to tell you about is the ordering app that we have uh, suncoachfresh.com today you check that ordering app out. It makes your life very easy. Um, okay, let's get into this with Kelvin. Kelvin Andrews, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Graham. Cheers. It's been um, You're a very young man to have four restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost four, yeah. But you did start when you were six or something, so I read somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: Um, my mum and dad had a like a little country pub up in North Queensland in Tully hence my love for uh tropical fruit and everything like that but uh yeah it started in the kitchen um when i was six years old just washing dishes and peeling potatoes and onions you know all the all the glory work because um, my mum was a chef um and she cooked in the kitchen as well she did all the pastries all the all the cakes and all the desserts for the restaurants um and yeah i just i just fell in love with it and just kept doing it stuck to it and so what about your dad what did he do Um, well, my my biological father was a butcher, but he passed away when I was very young. Oh, that Um, gets rid
0: of my next question. Is Simon your dad? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, definitely not. He might be a father figure, but he's definitely not my dad, yeah.
1: (laughs) I asked him the same question. (laughs) Yeah, I I was like, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, but my stepdad, he was a a publican. uh, And then my parents had about three restaurants when I was growing up, as well as the pub. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up. I just grew up in it. What a beautiful place to grow up, Tully, North Queensland. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's but what
0: about the food? Don't you, food don't you was, think it's cool now?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, because my like uh, grandparents were farmers and you know had farms and things like that. So I grew up just eating so much good produce um, and you know just picking bananas off trees and lychees off trees and mangoes off trees and you know just ate off ate off that. And you know when I moved to the Gold Coast when I was 13 and um mom came home from the grocery shop with some bananas and some tomatoes and things like that i was like what's this shit like <laughs> mom what are you what are you trying to eat and feed me here Bloody you know? supermarkets. yeah so then I, I went through this stage when I, when I was younger like where i just stopped eating Fruits and vegetables for a bit yeah. just because they didn't taste the same. Wait a minute,
0: you still haven't eaten a banana, is that true?
1: No, I still can't eat a banana to this <laughs> day, yeah. I can eat banana bread now, which is a good stepping stone, but I can't eat uh, real bananas because, yeah, my grandparents had a banana farm, so. Do you think if you went back north you could? I don't know. I have I've thought about it, and when I'm up there next, I'll, I'm definitely going to give it a go. But yeah. they're the same bananas, so I don't see why not. What's but. the first
0: thing you ever cooked at home?
1: Oh... Mine was definitely pike lads. Mine was probably, because my, um, my mum's side of the family is all Italian. So it would have been like pasta or something like that, because like, my, my nana's ragu or something like that was, was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So you ended up in the Gold Coast. Were you shit at school or good at school? I was pretty shit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I actually got uh, kicked out of school. (laughs) Yeah. I got. got, um, Did you ever see those
0: people that kick you out in the restaurant? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did
1: actually. I I apologize. I'm like, hey, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for being a little shit at school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I got kicked out of school when I was young just for, you know, I was selling cigarettes and alcohol and, you know, (laughs) <laughs> things like that and just being naughty and just but not paying attention we do that that
0: turned into a career it's yeah you now sell alcohol <laughs> yeah with food <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah with, with, with responsibility now but no no so it was a uh, big kick up the ass when I got kicked out of school and my parents was like well what are you gonna do now so now I'm gonna go to be a chef and started my apprenticeship so I started it um SeaWorld Resort, actually, school-based. And then when I got kicked out of school, I kind of moved on from there and ended up at uh, Gold Coast International Hotel, which is
0: now the QT Hotel. At SeaWorld, was there fish of the fish-of-the-day dolphin or anything? No, no, no. Um, definitely not. <laughs> sorry, bad jokes. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting you off track it's, here. That's a dad, so jo- where'd you, where'd yeah, a dad yeah, joke. Yeah, you're, yeah. I'm teaching you because you're going to be <laughs> yeah. a dad soon. Yeah, so, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, There'll be a few more dad jokes today. Yeah. So, sorry, SeaWorld, where did you go after that? Uh,
1: GCI, which is a uh, QT now. Okay, yeah. yeah so nice. I ended up there and then worked there and f- finished my apprenticeship there. And then I ended up in um, Canada, spent some time in Vancouver, came back, then went to the Hunter Valley for a little bit.
0: Um, you worked in some good places, yeah? Like, yeah, yeah, I've worked in some right places. Yeah. 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 Well, um, what did they have you doing? You would have been a young fella. So you yeah, I was been... pretty young. So,
1: like, just like a commie chef. A lot of places are just doing stages and things like that, but, you know, learning a lot about you know when I went to Canada it was like the biggest like mind blow ever it was like you know the, like a capsicum over there's a pepper and cilantro and oh, yeah. there's all these different things it's like what the fuck are you and then my f- chef was French and this really thick French accent and it's just like yeah pass me the pepper you're like what the fuck you like, and you hand him the pepper mill and he throws it back at you you're like oh okay Well uh, the other one salt throws it at you so what's he talking about he's like capsicums I was like fuck the sous chef was Aussie thank god because he helped me out a lot but yeah it was pretty funny it was um, definitely a a really uh, learning experience in my career. It was good. I started my
0: apprenticeship with a Jean-Pierre Rodet. <laughs> uh, yeah, same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so you ended up washing dishes at Fish House, yeah? No, no.
1: So when I when I, I was working in the Hunter Valley with George Francisco, um, so he he was the chef at QT at the time, and then when he left, yeah. he um, went to the Hunter Valley, and then when I got back from Canada, he was opening up this or reopening this restaurant down there um, and he asked me to come down and help him out. So I went there and I, we reopened this restaurant. in the first like three months were like digging holes and building gardens and things like that. So awesome. we had like an acre of land that we worked with and we had four crops and, you know, we had chickens and we moved the chickens from crop to crop to re-fertilise the land and had beehives. and Are you all
0: over that? Do you understand that?
1: Yeah, w- yeah, it was... We, Or you were just sort of like. Well, we were in the kitchen cooking most. Like by the time we had like a gardener there, but um, at the start it was pretty good. And then, you know, like putting new equipment in the kitchen and the restaurant and stuff like that and painting walls. So.
0: And that just became a thing later on. We'll get to that as you've had to do a few kitchens in your time. Yeah. So when did you. When did you. Like, because it's Simon's. He told me he picked you up out of the sink. Is that true or not true? Yeah. So when I met Simon,
1: (laughs) I actually moved um, back to the Gold Coast um, to be, you know, close with my family again. And then. I was like looking for work and um, actually my my ex's mother took me to dinner at Oscars because um, we moved back up together and she came and visited and she took us for dinner at Oscars which is across the road from the fish house at the time mm. which was um, my mm. executive chef now Lars's parents' restaurant. Really. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny how it all worked out. But um, <laughs> yeah, so she took us there for dinner and looked across the road and I was like, what's that? Looks like an old house the fish house written on it like it wasn't there before you know yeah. and then i kind of crossed the road and looked at the menu there was like fish and chips none on the menu whatever and then the next day there's an ad in the paper for a chef on goodwin terrace in burley and i thought oh, sick that's i must be oscars i'm gonna go there for a job you know then i rocked up <laughs> it was fish house and then there's like there's like plastic chairs in the dining room and i was like this is a bit weird you know but it was because it was literally it's before it opened and it was opening so I, I went there anyways and they did a, did a trial on there on the Sunday and then for like three hours. And then they're like, Do you want to stay? I said, like, Yeah, for sure. I'd love to, you know, because it's really good, good fun. Nice. And then, yeah, end up there for like four or five years. 2012, yeah, it's five years. Were you going to leave or something at one point? Uh, no, well, I was gonna do. You try need to, some to align your stories. Yeah, you. <laughs> no, I, I looked at doing other things. You know, like I wanted to get out of the industry for a bit. You know, and I was just going through some stuff. You know, and mainly like outside of work. Um, but I was just going through some things and whatever. And then I kind of tried to. I tried actually be a nutritionist, and I because I got kicked out of high school, I couldn't get go to uni and do the course, and that's to do mm. a TAFE course, and it was just so hard and I kind of was like really pissed off with myself because I didn't finish school. And I was kind of like a, I don't know, like a t- Tony point or what do they call it? Like a epiphany, you know, in my life, yeah. Where I was like, fuck, what am I, I'm an idiot. Like I'm gonna get nowhere. I'm just gonna be a cook for the rest of my life and mm. end up 50 behind a stove somewhere. like mm. so, shit, what am I gonna do? So I thought, okay, I'm gonna stick it out I'm gonna and give, just give it all, my, all, my, all I've got again. And then um, when Simon sold the Fish House, I got an opportunity to go to Sweden. So I just took it. I just jumped on a plane and went to Stockholm and um, worked over there in some of the nicest restaurants in, in right. Stockholm right. and just did that like... That was a Michelin
0: star place? Yeah, so yeah. a two
1: Michelin star restaurant, uh, Esperanto. Um, worked for, like um, stage with Tommy Millimaki. It's a like the culinary Olympian Swedish chef over there is kind of like the, the is celebrity he, chef there. Is he really like the good. one off the
0: Muffets? No. no. <laughs> no.
1: Um, so that was really good. And I was like, learned so much in such little time when I was there and um, just fell in love with it again. And then I got a call. And, uh, you can tell we're in a restaurant. Um, you can hear the plates in the background smashing. <laughs> That's all good. Um, yeah, and then... So I got a call back from Simon saying, hey, I'm opening up 19 uh, at the start and I want you to be a part of it. I was like, absolutely, I'd love to. And then I didn't realize how much of a part of it I'd be and what it becomes. So I came back from um, Sweden and and he was actually renovating Kalanika Gold Coast at the time. And I helped him uh, with the reopening of Kalanika and put some, um, you know, helped him out with some things there and then I opened up 19 but I had to literally build the restaurant from scratch so it was like designing it you know doing things like that
0: which is really cool and a lot um, Wow yeah. so that was um, like it would have been around when I met you for the first time yeah and you that's must have right. become mates with Young Billy yeah. and, um, and uh, we were supplying the star and um, then we got the opportunity to work with you and uh, I have to tell you a quick story about the opening Is when I actually met you Dave for the first time and, uh, and uh, Debbie Oliver was there and she, she, she wrapped her arms around me and got a photo and if you Google my name that photo comes up of me <laughs> and Debbie and my wife was Googling me one day I was like, yeah. who the hell is this woman? <laughs> uh. So yeah, that's my funny story of that uh, wonderful night but wow, well, so that set the precedence for doing something special and super high end um, and then that um, didn't last as long as what you probably wanted it to but this obviously was in the working just at the same time or no no so we didn't know that we were gonna open sks
1: together so did a, a year and a half at 19 um like built it up and started that and it was really good like i said great learning experience um but also had my own issues there as well um it, which was i don't know not like it was hard it was hard there, you know, in a company like that when you've got like twenty bosses and it's just yeah. every day it's like, you know, who who am I going who am I answering to today? And it's just like yeah. everyone wants it has different expectations, wants different things, yeah, things think, like that. Yeah. Um so I was, you know, kind of like, Okay, what do I do next? And Simon's like, Hey look, I've got this site at the Kalong uh vacant, do you wanna open a restaurant together? And I was like, Yeah, it's like we've been talking about it for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, Of course I do, you know. <laughs> Um, so we, I, I already had resigned from the casino at the time anyways, and, um, I was actually going to take a break. I wanted to just go back overseas, uh, and just travel again and just kind of just, um, do it one more time before I got turned 30. And so I, I, ended up, uh, not getting my chance to travel, but getting an opportunity to open this restaurant. Wow. And then, um, yeah, but we, we went to America. That was kind of like, we went... 10 days to america that was pretty wild how much did you eat in 10 days oh man so funny story first night in america go to um mastro's in beverly hills it's not really really high-end steakhouse and there's like the piano in the restaurant and it was sexy as it's kind of why we got the piano here we walked in there's like this lady on the piano and singing and it's like wow like that's a vibe yeah so then we sit down. We're having dinner, and then the waiter comes over, and he's talking about like the the steaks he's got, you know, and it's all in ounces, right? So we're, we're like Australians, we just have the metric system. We're like, okay, <laughs> not too particular on the ounce ounces. So we're like, oh, right, we'll just get the two biggest steaks on the menu. Thinking it's like, oh, it's like a kilo kilo or yeah, yeah. yeah, not even like half a kilo, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Comes out like a two kilo ribeye on the bone, and then a bloody two kilo porthouse steak. We're just looking at it, like three of us looking at these steaks, like fuck, what have we done? <laughs> After we've eaten all our entrees, and we're pretty much almost full. Yeah, we're like, oh shit. And then all the sides, you know, and we're like sitting there, we're just taking, we're just we're actually just laughing at each other at this stage, like fuck, we're idiots. And then so we we, we gave it a good nudge, but we definitely didn't finish all the. All yeah, the food yeah. um, and then we, we learned our lessons so the next night we went order the the smaller steaks yeah but yeah it was good that was a funny story
0: so now you have uh you know so sk top end you can't get you know better you know you got the best seafood the best steak the best vegetables obviously um you know just 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 you know the who's who of town is here and, and wants to be here and there's a beautiful energy here and there's a no expense spared with with anything Mm. that's super top end and and that was that seemed like it was going to be a big risk with COVID in the middle yeah to everyone else everyone else was retracting and doing and you guys just went full on and actually that's exactly what the climate did so that was a great gamble I guess I don't know yeah we,
1: we opened three months before COVID and uh then we had three months of COVID so when we reopened, we we kind of sat down, Simon, Theo and I, and we looked at our Theo's the our other partner, business partner of SK and Hellenica and all our other venues as well. And he's the, such a good guy. You need a podcast on like him one day. Uh, if he can't speak understand. English. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> no one can
0: understand yes, it. So we, I, we always have a polite
1: hello to yeah. hello <laughs> each other. And yeah. I, will, I would love to get to know him. Yeah, actually. the joke is he needs to go back to his English teacher and get his money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so with the th- when we reopened from COVID, the three of us sat down yeah. and... Um, talks about, you know, what what are we gonna do? And the we we said like, you know, we, we, we know what we do, we're good at what we do, let's stick to what we know. And that's just buy the best produce, and do the best service, and the best food, and the best of the best. We're not gonna buy cheaper produce, or try and cheapen our brand, or try and cheapen our products in any way. We actually did the opposite. We went harder, we're Like right, we're gonna just buy more caviar, we're gonna buy more lobsters, we're gonna buy more wine. And then it kind of works in our favour because when we reopened and we're like, okay, huge investment buying all this stuff again, and people just lined so up for it. We, weirdly, everyone had money because they yeah. weren't going overseas. Yeah. Houses all went I up in Vegas. Everyone and had money except restaurateurs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, some did because they sort of stayed open. It was either you either won or, or really yeah. badly lost. Yeah. But um, yeah, so good thing. Good thing. And, and, and so you, you were part of this and Helena. I'm a part of Flanica. I don't have uh, shares in it, but I do. I have. I have
1: been a part of Flanica for yeah. many, many years. Okay. Um, just helping with you know whatever I need to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So way. you're
0: the you're the K and the SK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's coming up next, mate? Uh,
1: so you know we've just we announced Sunshine. So that's our vegetarian uh, restaurant slash eatery that's opening up across the road on James Street there. Um, so. That's kind of Simon's. Uh, you know, he's been talking about this for years and years, and he's finally got his chance to do it. So he's like a happy, happy little boy at the moment. But um, <laughs> yeah, but we're we're all actually super excited uh, about this one. Actually, the most is this. You know, food that you can eat every day. Yeah. Uh, and it's not. It's not like a like a restaurant fine dining restaurant. It's like more of a takeaway style eatery. Um. So we can go there for lunch every day, get some vegetarian food, but it's like proper vegetables and yeah. salads. It's not fake meat, fake this, yeah, or tofu, of right. no yeah, that yeah, stuff. We, it's, yeah. it's proper. And it's like that Greek and European style food as well. Yeah. So it's all nourishing and filling and all that sort of stuff. Well, this
0: brings around to you wanting to be a, what did you want to be, a nutritionist? A nutritionist, yeah. Right? So you're sort of doing, doing it. <laughs> and, a, and, and once yeah. again, you've hit the, oh, it's not a trend, but it's a, a thing that everyone's more aware about at the moment is about nutrition and food. And I think half the problem with with everyone you know well not everyone but a lot of people is we're eating food that has zero or yeah.
1: little
0: nutrition in it yeah so if we can eat more of this delicious food and you can do it in a way that's um you know the the traditional salads and stuff so it ends up being not super expensive so yeah you hit the ground running there that's going to be a great thing
1: yeah yeah so we're, we're all really excited about this one um just just so we can eat there every day, pretty much.
0: That's what we open. We open restaurants for us so we can go and eat them. You know, yeah, more, it's more than philosophy. anything. Yeah, tell me some um, funny stories that have been happening in this SK kitchen. What's been going on? What's been just a disaster you've had to fix? Is uh, there anything? Because I had to do deliveries this morning. Yeah, and that's why I have this weird shirt on because I had to get changed quickly yeah. in the rain. And I appreciate every delivery driver that's out there delivering produce, bloody seafood, everything in the rain. So thank you to all them guys that make it happen for all these wonderful restaurants. Um, yeah, tell me some stuff that you've had to just get out of the. You know, get, have you ever had to jump in there and just pull everyone out of the shoot? yeah, yeah. There's you know <laughs> without <laughs> or including you're anyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, there's been you know when we well obviously the restaurant is like we got a beautiful open kitchen and a big copper hood and everything like that and it's it is it does look very nice but when we we're opening it was a little bit hard to get the the return air right and the airflow right and all that sort of stuff so the the, the wood, open wood fire grill would come out into the dining room and smoke out the dining room <laughs> and set the fire alarms off So for like the first month we had the fire brigade here like almost every second day <laughs> so we're like okay we need to fix this and sort this out so that's all good now we haven't had them here since the first month Tunchwood. Yeah. um uh but yeah we've had like our f- fair shares of kitchen drama and yeah. you know the, the odd kitchen fire here or there, but no, it's been it's been good. Um, nothing too bad. Nothing that's gonna like yeah doing any any serious damage for us, but yeah.
0: Come on, man. it has gotta be but a good no, story. No, it's, good. it's
1: more like um customers are more crazy than chefs, I reckon.
0: Oh, how do you deal with everyone yeah. just getting freaking blind? No,
1: I've you know, I've actually been hit in the restaurant before by a customer <laughs> like that's been drunk and we've cut off and kicked out and, you know, he's just had enough and he went up up to Hellenica uh tried to get in there and they cut him off and kicked him out of there they said no you can't come in and then he's cracked his shits and came on like a little boy and came down here and tried to have a go at me and he hit me and I said what like no like fuck, <laughs> get out you know fuck off um but that was fun yeah because I was sitting at the front because <laughs> funny enough I might have to edit this later but <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, uh, he, like, he left and 10 minutes later he came back and he said he wanted to press charges (laughs) against, uh, against the security guard for, like, kind of pushed him back and detained him, you know, we had the hotel security come down. And, um, he came back 10 minutes later so he wanted to press charges. I was like, are you serious? Are you an idiot? Like, you fucking hit me, dickhead, on, on camera. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, And he'd say, yeah, yeah. So, that's how drunk he was. So, then he he uh, called the cops from our restaurant phone and <laughs> so then the cops come and I'm sitting at the front with him uh, getting interviewed and all our customers are walking past looking at me and like, oh, are you getting arrested? I'm like, no, no. Just, <laughs> just I'll go into the restaurant. I'll see you in a second. Bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, fuck. It was so embarrassing. But... It was so funny at the same time. At the end of it, we, we kind of had a laugh about it because this guy was so drunk and then came back and tried to do that and call the cops pretty much on himself. And then he actually got arrested and taken away in the paddy wagon. Yeah, perfect. And I had to come back in the dining room and everyone was kind of like like, like clapping and like, hey, like what happened? And I was like, oh, long story. And then I had to go and tell everyone, like, no, he hit me, this and that and that. and. Yeah, and I'm just having a few drinks and knocking off early, I think, that night. Just, just, <laughs>
0: yeah. So you are you in the kitchen much anymore?
1: Uh, yeah, I try and get in there. Uh, obviously, you know, we got um, Sushi Room coming online soon as well and we're still building Sunshine. Um, so most of my days is filled with, you know, uh, meetings with designers and architects and um, consultants and things like that and just trying to get everything open. Yeah. Um, so I try to get in there as much as I can. Um, the last night we had Thanksgiving so I was in there you know made like lobster mac and cheese and checked the, you know we did the sweet potato s'mores and things like that and so I try and get in there as, as much as I can but it's mm. it gets harder and harder but uh, sometimes like you know if the chef calls in sick and they need a, someone to, to jump on pans or on the grill I love to jump in there and you know pans is my favourite section I love cooking on the pans so mm. um, yeah like I love to jump in every now and then when I can tell me about your love of caviar oh caviar <laughs> tell, tell us all about caviar. Oh, uh, you know, I guess I like nice things. I think that it comes down to that, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and when I, f- I, when I first tried caviar, I was actually at uh, the fish house with Simon. And, you know, we had caviar. Well, I, I had caviar for the first time. He's probably eaten heaps before that. Um, but it was just uh, this memory of it, you know, and... Okay. So we were at the fish house and we had dinner and, you know, um, Simon asked me to be a head chef there, you know, I was like 24 years of age, like almost too young to be a head chef. It was kind of in over my head a bit, but I kind of learnt along the way. Um, I He sat me down when we had dinner. We drank a bottle of Dom Domroonat, which was a birthday gift of mine, and a tin of caviar. So I brought the champagne, he brought the caviar sort of thing. And then it was like just like the most, mem- one of the most memorable meals I've ever had. And then that was like the memory, starting memory for me, um, of that. And I've loved it since. And I remember, so after we had the caviar, we went on to eating hand cut chips with cocktail sauce and smoked oysters. That was like our <laughs> dinner. Uh, so it was, that was a good meal. But since then I've just, uh, everything about it, uh, I love and i I buy a shit ton of caviar now and, yeah what was the one you gave me the other night that was the uh gold caviar so we've been waiting for this caviar because to this caviar dinner uh like start of september but we just couldn't get the caviar enough caviar in time to the dinner and plus you know the rest of the country shut down so we couldn't really do it but it was a thousand dollars a ticket we already sold about 40 tickets so um that really broke my heart to cancel that dinner because it was like Gonna be the dinner of the year sort of thing. And yeah. i am you know, but I already bought half the caviar, so I was kind of like all right what do I do with all this caviar? And I can't eat it all because I, you know it's not good business, but we gave it a good nudge. no <laughs> Um but no, so we uh the caviar that we have is like is uh from an albino obsetris sturgeon. So when you get the albino uh beluga or the huso huso sturgeon. Uh, the caviar goes red gold, so that's Almas caviar, which is like the rarest caviar in the world. Um, so we got an albino Ossetra sturgeon, so it was like a gold but with like a green tinge to it. So it's still rare and still unique. You know, it cost me like a lot of money. We <laughs> $7,000 for, yeah. for that caviar. It's well, um, nearly as as macadamia nuts. Yeah, <laughs> almost, yeah. <laughs> Um, um yeah so that was a private joke everyone don't worry about yeah it. inside joke inside <laughs> joke. um yeah so we got that caviar and uh so i put on the menu and i've been you know people been like what's this gold caviar you've got i'm just like, giving everyone like a little like a bump or a taste mm. everyone's been loving it so did you like it oh, i love it yeah I Yeah. Like it. That, that, that night
0: was, you know you looked after us it was special so thank you yeah um you know there is a lot to learn, and 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 selecting fine food is is a is a skill in itself. And um, you know, tell me about the meat. Like, tell me you know, steak and oyster. S. K. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about the steak. The steak, stockyard beef.
1: So it's from the Hart family. So they like the longest family-run, I guess, cattle like well, privately run, not public, whatever cattle company in Australia. Stockyard beef down at the feed lot. So it's like two and a half hours west of the restaurant here. So it's close, and I like to get out there as much as possible because you know me being from a country town, I like to get my country back on sometimes <laughs> and put my my cowboy hat on and, and go out there and poke take the your cows. Birkenstocks off and yeah. put your RMs yeah, on. Yeah, bit. that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Put my RMs get on a bit and of straw. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, go out there and you know touch the cows. I and mean, I actually bought a cow Definitely. too, hesitantly, <laughs> like a little bit like scared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we actually bought a cow, actually. Um, SK, the stockyard was very nice and uh, let us buy a cow out there. Has it we're, branded we're- SK? Yeah, it's got an SK, I got to tag it and I just shit myself, I couldn't tag it properly, I fucked it up but um, they ended up doing it for me it was,
0: yeah because like every City time I did it, it like this fucking cow
1: would just like buck around and like, oh shit I'd shit myself and you know, I'd drop the tagging gun and i like, fuck where'd it go it's like, it's under the cow, like, oh shit yeah, pro- there's a video of it actually, it's fucking hilarious so, I'm the only one that's got that video too so no uh, one else can see it but yeah so it's, they're very, um, we got. Got a really good relationship with um stockyard beef and they let us buy a cow out there uh and next year hopefully in september it should be ready to go and we're gonna do a stockyard dinner here again yep and you know use that cow yeah. as a part of that dinner yeah and hopefully it's a uh, wagyu so it should be nice and marbled and all that sort of stuff. So every time I go out there, I always go and check on him and make sure he's alright. And Are you gonna do that with a group of chefs again? Or uh, that one or I'll probably that just that one I'll probably keep for myself. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do more group chef dinners and yeah, stuff because yeah. that was good fun and good success. I think. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun yeah. That night. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, more about Stockyard. So they um, the thing I like about Stockyard the most is they they get it the same as our philosophy. Like they the best of the best. You know, they want to buy yeah. the best, they want to do the best, all that sort of stuff. So they they have their own mill out there. They mill all their own grain. Um, so they they're doing like like something like a couple of tons a day or something of grain to feed all these cows. You got 22,000 head of cattle out there. Um, I should actually know the exact number of grain they do a day because I've done it so many times, but actually now mm. I forget. Oh, I think he said it in the speech that night, but I, yeah. I can't remember either. Yeah, it's like two tonne or twenty tonne of grain. I can't remember, but the next lot. dinner he needs to yeah. do a test
0: for us all. So we. Yeah, yeah
1: and actually, like you can, like I go out there, and you actually eat the grain. and how fresh it is. It comes straight out of the mill. It's so warm and hot still. Like I, you can grab it and eat it, and I've tasted it. It's actually quite nice. Didn't Just, you use it on one of the dishes? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so on my main course, I used the puff puff grain. So, yeah, before yeah. it got to the cow, it went to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they got um, their own solar farm, they got their own wells. So it's all renewable energy and all that sort of stuff, and it's all sustainable. I met them that night yeah. at that dinner, and they, they are on the list to do a podcast early next year, so yeah, forward to that one. Yeah, uh, so there's a really great story there with Stockyard, and they're really good producers, and they care about... The product they do and they're proud of the product they sell. It's like five years in a row now on the uh, best beef in the RNA uh, show awards. Um, you know, it's a good, good, good company to work with. Yeah, and
0: we have yeah like glad we have that relationship with them as well. Tell me about your love of oysters actually and how you select yeah. them because you know you have to have the best. It's sort of your name.
1: Yeah, so oysters. Um, I don't know. I guess when I was at the fish house and um, I kind of you know couldn't couldn't be any going into nutrition, so I kind of just deep dived into seafood and end up you know getting heaps of books on seafood and fish and most of them about fishing actually which really didn't help but it helps <laughs> us like whether how to catch that fish or what they eat and stuff but um no so then I started talking to this marine biologist and um about seafood and oysters and stuff like that and like the anatomy of fish and that so once you kind of learn that stuff it gets so interesting and you feel you like you learn about the mercury and fish and your myoglobin, which is you know your oxygen in the blood of the fish, and you know um, you know how how they contract, um, you know s- diseases like ciguatera and things like that, and like what's what's dangerous to eat and what's safe to eat, and things like that. It got like super interesting to me, and then you know you start talking about oysters and something that's so small and so like boring. Well, not boring, like delicious, but kind of boring compared to a fish. This fish can swim around the ocean. This oyster just sits in one spot for two years, and then we pick take yeah. it out and eat it there's actually a lot to them they're like a bivalve and they filter the ocean and um they're super high in glycogen which is like the sugar mm. um and which makes them sweet you know and there's just so much to know about oysters and how they grow and you know they they filter and they take in sand and they make their shell and you know it's, it's crazy they grow pretty fast hey? they do yeah so the rock is oyster it, is it grows two, is it two t- years or less yeah, so the Pacific oyster grows faster than the rock. So the Pacific will grow on two and the rock grows on four. Right. Yeah, two to four. So and do you yeah. have direct supply of that as well? Or? Yeah, so we, we work with um, mainly... So we go through Ocean Made Seafood in Melbourne. So they're yeah, they're our seafood yeah. supplier and they're not local. They're in Melbourne, yeah.
0: Who's that?
1: Yeah, That's uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that um, yeah so and the reason why is because... The reason why we have a rela- relationship with them is, uh, I guess, uh, nine years ago when we had well, 10 years ago when simon had helenica yeah on the gold coast couldn't get you know south australian octopus south australian calamari anything like that up here so we had to fly it all from melbourne and then when we opened the fish house it was this kind of the same thing we couldn't get king george whiting couldn't get you know blue-eyed Travella, all that sort of stuff john dory um but now we can you can get it up here it's fine you know but 10 years ago it's hard to find. Yeah. but we've just kept that relationship so we've got a 10-year relationship with ocean-made seafood in melbourne um and they're good guys too they're like two greek guys so they're you know working with greeks is good fun you know you always get a laugh yeah yeah um but yeah and i, I go every time i'm in melbourne I always go see the guys i've gone to melbourne markets with them before yeah um, and these guys are super passionate they've been doing it for like 30 something years so they know what they're doing they know what they're selling their products always amazing yeah um and so when we buy our oysters they always pick us the best ones and send us the best ones.
0: So it's good. Beautiful. So we've covered steak, oysters, oysters, caviar. What else is that? I don't know, what else? Cheese? Cheese, yeah, we can talk about cheese.
1: I love cheese. Tell me what about eat. your cheese. I, I love food. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah, cheese. Well, we buy a lot of the cheese, like Section 28 um, down in South Australia from Kim Masters. <laughs> he makes his cheese down there. So I actually went to France and learned how to make them from a proper cheese maker over there. Came back and, like, making his own Alpine-style cheese here in um, South Australia. He goes, gets his own dairy, uh, like, locally. Um, And he does this cheese, which is, like, my favourite, which is, like, a Morbier, which is, like, so you got the morning milk and then they put the ash on there, so they're, like, a burnt grapevine ash and then the the night milk on top, um, which is my my favourite cheese. Yeah, your favorite fruit is right in front of us oh
0: yes thank you for bringing this in you get the first lot of them every year (laughs) yeah i do literally the first ones um what's your favorite vegetable Favourite vegetable? I, I've actually asked you this before. I want to see if it's the same answer. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's probably just changes all the time. <laughs> you said potato last potato, time. Potato, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm over potatoes now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a potato menu. That's yeah, we wise. do. We have a potato menu. <laughs> I'm sick of... Yeah, I eat potato almost every day. I'm over it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, green beans at the moment and peas are so good and yeah, mm. fresh. And I guess it's spring vegetables, so, yeah. you know white asparagus white aspa- just oh, finished sadly. yeah that was that's, that's good white asparagus yeah, yeah but yeah I don't know what's your biggest challenge at the moment uh, you know I think the biggest challenge at the moment is uh, you know, op- opening the next two restaurants and having a, my first kid at the same time yeah that's definitely um, I'm excited for it but I'm definitely nervous and shitting myself at the same time yeah because um, it's like It's, they're all projected to open at the same time and the baby's due at the same
0: time. And yeah, I've just got to try and figure out how I'm gonna juggle this. How do you juggle being here? Everyone wants to have a drink with you. You know, you got a wife at home, want to eat lots of fruit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you, you you can't be waking up early. You don't sleep very much, from what you've told me. Yeah, how do how do you balance your health, and what's your advice for others um, who are in the hospitality like,
1: Yeah, like I've I've struggled with mental health issues a lot, and um, especially over the last couple of years, you know, it's always the the dark side of hospitality, I guess. And there are, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of moments um, in my time where I've not been proud of, but. um I guess now like, uh, you know, you got something positive to look forward to. So like, you know, like beautiful woman at home, kid on the way that sort of stuff. And, you know, with the business and the restaurant, you know, I know like, yeah, yeah, I come here. And, you know, every time you're here, let's have a drink. And, then, you know, it's everyone that just wants to have a drink yeah, and catch yeah, up and talk yeah. and, that, and that and that. So you kind of like, you know, um the secret is like yeah you you say you have a drink but you don't actually have a drink.
0: <laughs> you said that to me the other night. <laughs> yeah,
1: because otherwise you end up drinking I know, I knew, every night. I knew the answer. I said he's yeah. not
0: coming back. He's got twenty people trying to have a drink. Yeah, really. yeah.
1: So you know, and, and then you end up drinking every night, and then you know that's like when you start just getting like a, you know, you know you go through. I go through phases. I'm not gonna lie where I'll drink every night of the week, you know, and mm. I and I'll find myself drunk every night of the week, and I'm like, mm. fuck, you know, and then you wake up, and you're hungover, and you're like, fuck, okay, I've got all these meetings, all this work to do. So now you try and cut it back, you know, okay, you pick two days a week to drink, or one day even a week to drink. So, mm. you know, I had Thanksgiving dinner here last night, and I had two glasses of wine, I had a white and a red, and that was it. So just kind of kept it really, really low-key. Mm. Um, and then you just, you know, you got to pick your nights to drink and pick... You know, that's what's up. You know, if you know you're going to have a drink on a Friday night, then just drink on a Friday night. Don't drink on every night. Yeah. And then it's, it's harder said than done, too, because you might have, like, an old friend that walks in or, yeah, you know, someone that's celebrating something and then they just hand you a, a drink and you're like, okay, I can't say no. Or, mm. like, the customers that we get here, they always open these really nice bottles of wine and you're like, oh, I really want to try that because, mm. you know, it's like a two $3,000 bottle of wine. You're like, yeah, I need to have a taste of that. And yeah. So... Yeah, you just got to pick your battles, I guess. Mm. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good phrase. Yeah. I guess. And what about exercise? You're
0: looking after yourself that way.
1: Yeah. So, um, I kind of just exercise in my own time. So, I'll try and wake up, you know, at the moment, like seven, eight, and you know, spend some time in the morning with my partner because uh, we barely see each other as it is. Uh, and then we we'll go either go for a walk or I'll go for a swim in my pool. Um, you know, and then. At like four or five o'clock in the afternoon, I try and make an effort to go home for fifteen minutes, and you know, make sure she's alright and all that sort of stuff. And, mm. You know, the baby's okay. Um, yeah, and then come back to work, and then I'll go home at like ten, and or I'll go home at like nine thirty, ten, tuck her in, make sure she's all good, and come back. So I'm back and forth a lot, but um, yeah. You only live five seconds. Oh uh, yeah, so, I live yeah. two blocks away, so yeah, it's not yeah, like I'm driving half an hour every time. Yeah. And, uh, so I
0: was going to ask you, what's your next overseas trip? But you might be not be having uh, one. Ah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the boys
1: have just um, Simon and Theo. They've got like a trip to Greece next year. Yeah. Um, and I'm missing out on that one, but it's it's not it's all good because yeah, I've got something else to look forward to. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. Like my yeah. first kid, right? Um, but I want to go to L.A. again next year because I love L.A. Um, and I want to go. I've been in a, I've been in LA twice in my life, right? What, so, what are you going to do over there? So the first time I was in LA was um, when I was like 19. I was underage, couldn't drink anything, but I... I still did anyways because like hey I'm Australian you know like yeah come on in man you know like it was easy and I was like a backpacker so I was eating a lot of street food and doing everything on the cheap side right yeah the last time I went to LA I went with Simon and it's like how the other side lives so we're in the <laughs> five star hotels best restaurants you know yeah. I was like ooh this is nice so yeah. I got a taste of that life yeah, it's so I want to go like, back next year in the front of the plane and shit That's yeah, I haven't got that that opportunity yet <laughs> yeah. I'm always sitting in the economy but no next time to working my way up Friday, Next yeah. time I'll go business and then, yeah. But no. Um,
0: where do where are the places
1: in LA? So uh, LA, Mastro's, Cut, Wolfgang Puck restaurants. Yeah. You know, Spargo by Wolfgang Park was unreal. Um, I've always like, you know, when I was, as a, as a young chef growing up and knowing about other chefs and people in the industry and you kind of have your people that you follow and Wolfgang Puck is one of those ones that you follow because he's got that such a f- awesome personality um, and the way he talks, you know, everything's kind of like a joke and it's funny, da da da. But he's actually a serious chef and he's actually a really good chef. So he's like the, like the opposite of Gordon Ramsay's attitude, where it's like yelling and screaming. Even though Gordon Ramsay's a good chef and a nice guy, but. He's Just got that really fun kind of you know, everyone hanging around me kind of energy, yeah. And when you're there at Spargo and he's in the kitchen, he's like, Yeah, hey, how are you all coming and have a look at this? You know, like it's just, yeah, <laughs> do you ever yeah. wish you had an accent? It's a bit <laughs> yeah. boring in Australia, yeah, aren't yeah, you? I know, yeah, <laughs> <But>, yeah, <away>, mate, <laughs> yeah, no, he's super fun and super cool. And I was when I met him, I was kind of like, Oh my god, like this is Wolfgang Park, you know, yeah, um, but yeah, that was just like a good restaurant, but. I want to talk to you about one of the most memorable meals I've ever had. Good. Okay. That's on the list here. All right. So, <laughs> when, so we're in LA and we're at Beverly Hills Hotel. So, that's where, like, you know, Simon stays there, all the celebrities Is stay there. Is that where Mal and Munro so, Probably. Like, everyone Regular. stays there. So, we're there and there's Jamie Foxx, you know, there's all these actors around you. You So, we're in the polo lounge we go out to the garden courtyard area. So, Simon's like, oh, Kind of like a bit of a surprise dinner. So for me, and the, we had a couple of, couple of other mates that were there at the same time. So we got a, a table of eight around the, in the garden. So there's all these nice garden lights and the trees and things like that. Um, and so we're in this courtyard. There's this, there's like Jamie Fox sitting in the corner there. And there's a couple of other, you know, Morpheus from The Matrix over there. <laughs> and a couple of other people around. And you're like, kind of like, holy shit, this is sick, you know? Yeah. And lady on the piano just just playing keys like no singing nothing like that. just playing keys They're super like their vibes already set like you're kind of like this is really nice expecting like this really amazing like three four course dinner whatever it is going to be like they've got the most amazing china out it's like that royal dalton like the plates with the flowers on them and but yeah. like, there's beautiful china beautiful cutlery big centerpiece on the table with flowers and then out comes this big plate of fried chicken. <laughs> so there's this big plate of fried chicken, mashed potatoes, bread, like biscuits, gravy, slaw, potato salad, like the world's best KFC pretty much. Right? <laughs> and I love KFC. <laughs> um, and, a, and champagne. So we're in the Garden of the Polo Lounge, like one of the most famous like parts in America, like having fried chicken dinner and there's all these celebrities they're doing the same thing yeah just that, yeah. that's
0: right. there's the delivery kids we're at sk yeah. there's a couple yeah. of things going on here yeah yeah so like um, fried chicken fried on chicken. the royal dalton
1: yeah that's right with drinking paul roger and like beautiful champagne and there's we are just i was there and i was just like is this a joke is this and then Simon's like no mate just eat it it's, it's gonna blow your mind and it blew my mind it was like, it was, that was the most
0: memorable meal of my life. And, and a little bit of that simplicity comes through the meals that you have here, but that's just, yeah. just the, the best version of whatever yeah. it is. Like you said, that's, that's the best right. version of KFC. Yeah. And that's sort of how it's, you know, that, that, yeah. I feel that in here, yeah. some of that influence um, yeah. of just something that's so simple, but yeah. done so deliciously. I
1: was just missing that caviar just to put it with the potato <laughs> and gravy and the chicken Yeah, but yeah. no, it was, it was just amazing. Yeah. Tell me what you love about your team. Oh, I got a rock solid team. I'm very lucky. They're all getting
0: here. It's starting to get noisy here at SK. Yeah,
1: yeah. So a lot of, with our team, you know, we like to, you know, um, retain our team. And It's what, something that we're proud of is retaining our team. So you know, like Lars, our my the group executive chef now, he's been with us for seven and a half, eight years. Um, most like my head chef's been here since we've opened SK. I've got um, chefs that have been with me since they were 19 at the staff. chefs that have been with me, you know, for a while, and front of house staff that have been with Simon and Theo for a long time as well. Like um, Brad, our restaurant manager, he actually opened the first Hellenica on the Gold Coast 11 years ago. So he's been with the business for 11 years. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of stories like that in this business, you know. Like Alex McPherson, she's just walked past now. She's our beverage director. She's been with us for 12 years probably, or not probably yeah nine years sorry yeah yeah, yeah it 's been a long time, so we 've got a lot of
0: a lot of staff that have been with us for a very long time, which is great. I have no doubt that the new ones are going to be super successful, you guys think that whatever you touch turns to gold and um, I um, look forward to everything that's coming up and uh, getting you back on the podcast uh, in, in twelve months' time to have another rehash of where, where you're at. I might actually get you and Simon back on, uh, yeah. and have a bit yeah. of banter. We should get Theo on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get translate three. Three for him. We'll get three of you. <laughs> um, that is actually what we are going to be doing a little bit of next year. A surprise to everybody uh, is doing a little bit of multi, multi, multi podcast group podcast. Yeah, yeah. The that's the announcement. announcement, kids. Yeah. Uh, awesome. yeah, we've got a bit more stuff and a little bit more food sharing and talking around that around the stuff as well so um mate you're an actual pleasure for us to deal with um and we appreciate you wanting the the best stuff and, and we love finding it for you so thank you for all your support for us and um thanks for being a part of the podcast All right, thanks for having me cheers pleasure, man
1: many malachies now yeah yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs>